This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new unsettling stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, Grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. Who wants to hear a repressed memory that I recovered in therapy? You do, apparently. When I was in sixth grade, I was in band, clarinet. I wanted to play saxophone, but my grandpa had a clarinet, so that's what it ended up being. The band instructor was this middle-aged woman who I'm going to refer to as Miss Frond, so as to protect her identity. For those wondering, I'm watching Bob's Burgers while writing this. Anyway, I didn't have a lot of friends back then, so I had a lot of extra lessons after school. After a while, Miss Frond started offering me extra lessons at her house. Even then, that made me incredibly uncomfortable so I refused. She was pretty persistent though, and would offer at least once a week. Eventually, I just stopped going back for extra lessons. Anywho, one day, Miss Frond announced that we had been invited to be in the Christmas parade downtown. Awesome, that's great. The school is literally a year old, it's great for exposure, and best of all, fun for all the kids. We were so excited. We all had extra rehearsals, and the school made sure we had whatever we needed. Permission slips were signed. Everything went perfectly. The day of the parade, we all meet at our designated area. As we get dropped off, Miss Fraun tells the parents where to pick us up at the end, and her and some parade officials were the ones watching over us after they left. The parade starts, and everything goes smoothly, at least from my perspective. I was so nervous that there could have been a five-float pile-up, and I wouldn't have noticed. At the end of the festivities, everyone gets picked up, and I'm the last one, left alone with Miss Frond. Miss Frond immediately grabs my hand after the last kid is out of sight, and tells me that I can call my mom from her house, as she begins booking it with me in tow. I had very little experience being on my own, and I didn't know how to act in this kind of situation, so despite the fact that I had recently been uncomfortable around her, I went along with her plan. Looking back, it probably didn't look that unusual to anyone because she wasn't a very tall lady, and I really shot up in the sixth grade, so it's not like I was being dragged. I kept up pretty well. I couldn't tell you where in particular she took me, but it was definitely further out than where everyone else parked. Her car is the only one in sight, and she begins to make a beeline towards it. It was one of those dark blue-green SUVs that pretty much everyone had in the late 90s. Suddenly, I hear my name being yelled from behind me. I turn over my shoulder and see my mom, panting 
and sprinting towards us. Miss Franz's grip tightens around my hand, and she only speeds up. My mom yanks me away from Miss Franz's grip, and without a word, whisked me away to her car, and we went home, where she proceeded to fawn over me, which was rather confusing because I was pretty much ignored 99% of the time otherwise. I had no idea what had just happened. Monday comes around, which means school is back in session. The whole day, I'm angsty to go to band because I know that I'm going to see Miss Frond. And while I didn't have a rational idea as an 11-year-old what had happened, I knew that it was awkward at the least, and I wasn't excited to have to face that. But to my surprise, when I get to band that day, no Miss Frond. There's a substitute teacher and the classic TV on a rolling cart sitting in the class. Apparently, it was movie day because the teacher had no lesson plan and had been called in only a few minutes before school started that day. That day was odd, but it was made even more odd a few days later when the principal makes an announcement, saying that Miss Frond was no longer a part of the staff and would not be returning. Even more cryptically, stating that if anyone were to see her around school grounds, to let an administrator know immediately. I never saw Miss Frond again, nor did I hear anything about her. Cold part is, I don't even know her first name to try and look her up. Although, now I doubt that we ever knew her real name. As a kid, I didn't have an idea as to how close I was to having my life changed if I made it to that ugly SUV all those years ago. As an adult, I can't express how grateful I am for my mom running and not walking to find me that winter day back then. I still think about this encounter as an adult. When I was about 10, I'm 25 now, I was downstairs watching TV late at night with my mom and sisters. At some point, everyone decided to head off to bed, and I was the only one left downstairs watching TV. I began drifting off when, all of a sudden, someone started banging on our door. Hard. I'm talking, let me the f*** in hard. I was so scared, I just sat there frozen, staring at the door like my life depended upon it. My dog was laying right next to me, but also just stared. He never barked or moved an inch, which was odd because he always barked at the door. The banging felt like it went on for a solid five minutes without stopping, although in reality, it was probably only a minute or so. I looked at my dog, and I think because I finally moved, my dog snapped out of his trance. He looked at me for a split second and jumped up and ran towards the door, although he still didn't bark. Instead, just started turning his head as if he were confused. I finally got the courage to get up and opened the blinds to see what was going on. And that's when I saw this young woman, maybe around 20 or 25, standing there in front of my door, holding her left breast in her hand. She had blonde hair, white skin, and was absolutely covered in blood. Her shirt was ripped, and her hair was a mess. I remember thinking she may have gotten beaten up, or was in a car crash, something like that. But either way, I immediately went to go open the door. As soon as I unlocked it, my mom, out of nowhere, slammed her hand on the door and relocked it. 
had no idea she had even come down the stairs, let alone walked up behind me. I was so focused on the door and on this woman that when she slammed her hand against it, it almost knocked me back into reality. The reality of not opening the door for strangers in the middle of the night. I looked up at her and I could feel my eyes were wide and I think I even started to cry. She put her hand on my shoulder and moved me back from the door. She yelled, who is it, through the door? And the girl yelled back that her boyfriend had beat her up and they lived in the apartments across the street from us. Mind you, we lived in townhouses in a cul-de-sac. Our unit was all the way in the back. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Where you would start the turn. We were the first unit in the row, but where she pointed out her and her boyfriend's place was, was quite a ways from us. You'll see how I know that in a minute. My mom asked her her name, and she said something like Bethany or Stephanie or something like that. I saw my mom hesitate to open the door, but after she yelled, please help me, my mom opened the door, stepped outside, and pulled it close to shut, although not completely closed. I cracked the door behind her to make sure she was okay, while also seeing what was going on. The woman we'll call Bethany kept thanking my mom and asking to come in because she was scared her boyfriend was going to come after her. My mom refused and explained that she couldn't let her in the house because of the safety of her four kids, although she said she would sit out there with her. My mom yelled at me to grab the phone and call the police, so that's what I did. My mom started asking her what happened and what specific unit she lived in. Bethany pointed towards her specific one and told my mom the building number and her unit. I remember this silver SUV pulling up just a little while later, and Bethany ran towards it, yelling, that's my sister, before she just jumped in the passenger seat. The car sped off without another word from Bethany, or a single word from the sister. My mom looked back at me confused, and came back inside before shutting the door and locking it. We just stood there and looked at each other. I asked my mom what about the police, and she said she would wait for them downstairs if I wanted to go to bed. I was too scared to leave her though, so I waited with her. Once they arrived, my mom explained what happened, and the officer said she did the right thing by not letting that woman inside. Weird thing is, my dog never barked once until the cops knocked on the door. They also explained that they'd been receiving similar calls like that in the area recently. Even worse, the next morning, we all packed up to go to the grocery store, and as we passed that building, the one that Bethany said that she and her boyfriend lived in, you could tell that that apartment was empty. No blinds in the window, no lights on the porch. It didn't look as if anybody inhabited it for a long time. Maybe they just didn't have any furniture or anything like that, but it was still weird. He never came after her that night and we never saw that SUV again. 
Bethany, Stephanie, whatever your name was, I hope you're okay if this was real, but also, if it wasn't, don't ever knock on my door again. Update. Recently, I asked my mom to elaborate on everything, everything that she could remember. That's when I learned what I'm about to share now. So after my mom yelled for me to call the police, I walked away to grab the landline in the kitchen. When I walked away, my mom said this to her verbatim. Now you listen to me. If you're trying to get over on me and hurt my family, I will do worse than what you're pretending your boyfriend did to you. And I will kill you. Nothing means more to me than my children, not my life, not my freedom. I will help you if you need it, but you cannot enter my home, so don't ask again. Or I'm going inside, and I will lock you out and not help you. Do you understand? I asked her what the girl said or did after that, and all she said was that she looked at her kind of nervously and said she understood and appreciated the help. That's about the time that I returned to the door after calling the police and heard my mom asking her what happened and where she lived. Needless to say, my mom was a boss bitch in that moment. To preface this story, I grew up in an upper middle class family. My dad was a young professional and my mom was next level, taking care of three kids and being a GM for my dad. Then she hit the fan, and they soon divorced. At this point in time, I was in junior high, maybe 7th or 8th grade, and I had recently gotten bus privileges. I was busing to school back and forth on my own with absolutely zero issues, being an independent teenager and giving my mom a break. Now, the bus picked me up and dropped me off at the exact same spot, at an intersection on a main road which intersects with my residential road. It's literally a one minute walk to my house. Now, growing up, my mom talked to us about stranger danger. Yet, despite that, I led a fairly sheltered life up to this point. I was overall a very talkative, nice kid. I could strike up a conversation with anybody. And usually, my guard wasn't really up per se. I tended to trust everyone, even if I met you for the very first time. On this fateful late afternoon, the bus dropped me off at the usual spot. I was minding my own business, walking towards my side street, when I heard the voice of a woman. Little boy, little boy, it's cold out. I turned around, and that's when I saw the white cargo van. This woman was practically leaning out of the car. She was dressed rather nicely, all black, fairly young, nice big smile. The cargo van doors were completely swung open, and like I said, she was leaning out. I strongly believe in a sixth sense, your gut, intuition, whatever you might want to call it. My gut was telling me to get home, to walk faster, to create distance between me and this woman. It's cold outside. Let us drive you home, she said. No, that, that's fine. My house is just down the street. I pointed. She was persistent, though. The van slowed down some more, and she looked to be leaning out further. I was practically walking on the gravel on the side of the road at this point. She kept on talking to me, but I was no longer listening. I did want to get a better look. 
I wanted to see what she was trying to hide in that cargo van. You see, she was leaning in such a way where she was obstructing my view of what was right behind her. And as I walked, she kept shifting. I managed to sprint fast enough and get ahead of her. And that's when I saw him. There was a man crouching right behind her, out of view for the most part. I remember seeing his body. He was hunched, looking as if he was ready to pounce. When I saw him, that's when everything sank in. I knew that they were trying to grab me. I'll never forget the face of that woman. She went from cheerful and happy to sour in an instant. She dropped her acting, slammed the door, and sped off. As an adult, I'm convinced that this was a planned act of opportunity. Around that time, I remember that there were a series of kidnappings in my city. All of the kids involved were roughly about my age, with witnesses reporting that same white cargo van. In this instance, they followed a bus and just waited, waited for the perfect moment to strike. I could have easily been one of those missing kids on the side of a milk carton, and I still get chills when I think about it to this day. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.